Hello, fuckers! It's another day at the Daily BM with our continued series of blasts from the past. That's right. I have an awesome blast here with a great interview with a vampress. So sit back, enjoy the ride, and I'll catch up with you guys right after this. I have Mikey with me. What's up? <laughs> he sounds already. And then I have Eric in the house. Damn right you do. And we have a very special guest from down south, Laura Croft. And I'm not talking about the Tomb Raider. Or am I? <laughs> How you doing, Laura? I'm good. I'm from the deep south. Don't forget to talk Deep about- south. <laughs> Ah, so you're from me. Uh, she she is from South Florida, <laughs> joining us, and we are in Central Florida, mm. so right down the road from one another. Thank you for the geography. You're welcome. I figured that's the only thing I know. Everything else, I don't know shit. You I have know, to rely my, on Mike and his Google skills. Mikey, honest to God, <laughs> I think Brad is the spearhead of logistics. <laughs> mm, maybe. <laughs> hey, I can't help but have the most awesome freaking. I, I should have been a private investigator in my day. Why? Because I, I find everything on the internet. Oh. Like everything. I can research people like no tomorrow. <laughs> but everything else I'm a fucking dumbass with. Did you research? You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. He I'll researches you, all of I'll our send you guys pictures later. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> there's, 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 What'd you say? There might be some in there? <laughs> so there's plenty out there. There's no shortage oh. of pictures. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> So guys, what's going on? I know I know the weekend has passed, but uh, yeah, the what's going on? Has passed. That sounds so sad when you say it like that. I know he knows how to ruin the day. <laughs> I do all the time. Yeah. So Eric, what's up? Good morning. Good morning, sunshine. I'm feeling like a million bucks right now. Really? Yes. How did you finally? Make <laughs> what's that? Did you get some rest or something? Yeah, probably not. Um, but <laughs> I'm still feeling like a million bucks. I, I knew we had you on the show today, and I was like, God damn, I cannot miss another show. And it, Oh, so everybody else didn't matter last week, huh? Okay, I'll see how it is. No, I'm sure. I know. <laughs> Fucking such dick. an asshole. I know, what a dick. Hey, before we get started, Eric, on some of the topics you have, uh, I have to tell you guys, I had a real-life family feud uh, this time. I was like Steve Harvey, you know, the host and uh, my sister and my brother walk up to the fucking thing, the podium, and they're like, got their hand on the buzzer, ready to go at it. Um, They basically got mad because I guess my niece had been, um, she's a realtor here locally, but she moved to Italy like last month. Like, so she's been gone for like a month. So my brother, you know how houses move really fast here in Florida? You know what I mean? mean, they 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 turn, they flip like, like mad. And literally, so my brother uh, found a house in Mount Dora, and he had to move quickly. So, like, literally overnight, he, like, put the fucking money down, the whole nine yards. So my sister and my niece are pissed off at him, and now my niece defended him on Facebook. (laughs) They are taking it to a whole other extreme. Dude, Um, my, my side of the family on my dad's side is so fucking nuts. Like, they're... Okay, so... Let me put it this way. They're like Spanish families. If you get my drift. I see. Lord, Lord gets it. I'm just saying, when, when, when Spanish people get mad at each other, family members, they fucking hate each other for a little while. Joke, man. That's fire. Yeah. So she knows where I'm coming from. It's so, fire. 
but it, but ours are it, fucking it, crazy you know ours are from like the dixie the dixie line so they're like right there in like st louis the majority of that family comes from so anyway they're fucking going at it they're calling me last night texting me this morning and they're still fucking having at it. And I'm going like this, man, Switzerland, man. I'm sending them like emojis of Switzerland. You know what I mean? I'm like, leave me out of it, man. Why are they trying <laughs> to bring you in it? Are they like, want you to Because that's judge? what our family does. Everybody becomes a member and then it's pick a fucking side. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the Civil War. Having a Civil War. It's about what I was going to say. Like, yeah, it sounds painful. You and I'm going, I'm out west in California. Leave me alone. <laughs> 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 I don't want any part of it. So I'm trying to side dodge it. And they're fucking blowing me up. And I'm going... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, family feud, real life unfolding here. You at some point, like, think of something nice to say or think of something, like, instead of nothing to say. Like, you have uh, to. Lord, you, Lord, you, you don't understand. Uh, the reality is with this family, okay, I went to a funeral at 16 of my grandmother. Both sides of the family, from her side and my um, grandfather's side, got into a physical altercation oh, in the funeral home. Oh, wow. Dude, it's like Hatfield McCoys, man. When they get into a fight on our side of the family, it's on like Donkey Kong. I ain't lying. It's just like. Are you guys Irish by any chance? Some. We have some Irish in us. Some. Yeah. I, I have more Scottish than I do Irish, but yeah. the rea- as far as my DNA says. But the reality is, is that when, like my 16-year-old cousin got up there and said, can't we all just get along? And the other side of the family said, why don't you sit your fucking ass down? <laughs> I was just like, I just remember that being said going, oh, this is going to be a long fucking day. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, Hatfield McCoy's real life right here. Uh, By the way, it's the Mason-Dixon line, not the Dixie line. (laughs) Dixie line, Dix line, whatever. You know what I meant. Mason-Dixon. Asshole. Dick's line sounds like something. You see how Eric was quick. To, usually, that's what Mike does to me, just to fucking prove me wrong, which is he can do it on the daily because I'm always fucking. Well, wrong, I learned it from Mike. <laughs> this is true. I, yeah. I just let it. I just let it go. He's proud of you, Eric. He's really proud of you. Look at him smiling. He's so proud of you right now. You have no idea. I just I like when Eric like you know can slide in and take some hits because he gets hit all the time. Like he gets picked on all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so it's nice for him to dish it instead of take it. Oh, my land. We still talking about conversations. <laughs> so back to the Mason Dixon line, guys. Um, <laughs> what about the Mason Dixon line? I don't know. Brad fucked it up. <laughs> she got real. Yeah. yeah, there you go. See? So there, she's obviously upset because she didn't get the commission. That's what it boils down to the money, right? I, I, dude, Switzerland. That's- I'm not fucking saying anything else about it. You, but can, you have to right. now. You brought it up on the show. Yeah. You've got to talk uh, about it. You can't drop the bomb yeah. and then just yeah. leave it. Listen, I told them both, hey, go meet somewhere in person because text no, and emails what and I'm, shit like that. What I'm, no, what yes, I asked it boils was, down about the money. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's about the commission. Because they call the guy that – so the one realtor is getting the full commission because he called the house directly. But, and but, yeah. Without going too much into depth, there's his, hers, and the truth. <laughs> like everything. True. So – I hear both sides, and I think – I mean, if I had to choose a side, I, I'll tell you later. But I'm just saying no. <laughs> I really truly believe that if you're gone and you'll move to – oh, fuck it. If you're gone and move to another fucking country and you can't be here to show it, then you kind of forfeit it if you haven't been working with that person for six yeah. to eight months. You know what I mean? But, I mean, right. I'm, that's just that side of the story I'm getting. The other side is they worked with them for a year and blah, 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 blah. Let's go back to the weed topic. <laughs> Just like that. I don't know directions. what the big deal is. Um, I mean, has he already signed a contract? Is it already under contract? Yes. 
Okay, never mind. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, it's, it's in the past. It's war. It's World War Three family it's, style. Yeah, it's in the past. Well, that's good. That's why I'm glad I'm an only child. I don't have to deal with none I, of that I was just shit. about to say you don't have to deal with any family bullshit. But my brother did. Wait, my brother did say though. Like he's a big brat. Me? Yeah. yeah. Who? You're an only child. You you're kind of a brat. Right? Oh, you yeah. have no fucking idea. <laughs> can be. Yeah. If you put the word bougie in front of brat, <laughs> yeah, you're going to see in the dictionary of Donald Trump holding up a sign that has Mike on the picture. <laughs> that has Mike taking a picture of himself. He's the he's a great guy. He's the only yeah. one I know. It's it, collusion. I feel yeah, like it yeah. actually. It, I think it actually be a picture of Donald Trump holding a picture of Kanye West holding a picture, picture of, of me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, he should have really won the I award wish. he should have really won the award there yeah. we go <laughs> i wish no. all right I'm really so not, i'm really not that bougie anymore sure you're not he's so full of shit don't believe him this <laughs> i mean i did i did cave brad and i wasn't gonna tell you but i did cave and got the that pin set. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. All right, so guys, I gotta tell you a story. We go over to the. Okay, so if you know anything about Tampa, we go over to yeah, the International yeah. Mall, and they have a Mont Blanc store in there, right? Okay. So Mike goes, "Hey, I'm gonna go. Let's go in there and check it out." So he collects. Pins. I go in there all. I go in there. He collects all the time. like thousand dollar, two thousand dollar. Some of them are fucking more than that now. Like the value of them. Like, so he go right. They're pins. They're pins. Yeah, but they I mean they make cologne and bags and shit like that. Uh, they, too. They, they look See? like this. They have that logo on them. I don't know if you can see it. Looks like a butt plug. <laughs> Looks like one of yeah, the like nails, nails, That's shoving a thousand dollar butt plug up your ass. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, so um, I, I, I think I would rather just write with it. But um, so the thing is, is that Mike walks in the store and the lady's like, this pen right here comes with this fucking book and all of this shit, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and what was it? A thousand bucks? Uh, Three. Three thousand oh, dollars for a fucking shit, pen. Bro. Now hold on. So he goes like this. He goes. He looks at me and I go, dude, get it. If you you know you're gonna fucking buy it. He goes, nah, I'm just gonna wait. You know. Da, 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 da. So he he says, I'll, I'll give, give me your card. So I I said, man, I bet you that bitch went, goes and buys that damn thing when I ain't around. And he I got fucking it last did. Weekend. He did. I knew it. And you waited a week to tell me, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Honestly, I forgot about it. Oh please. So, no. How can you forget? Honestly, I, I forgot about it. But that's the kind of shit he does. He's like, I'm not bougie. Because I don't, I actually don't really brag about stuff like that. Like I just usually go get it. The only reason I said that is because I thought Brad would, Brad would be funny. It'd be funny. It is so. funny. I'm laughing over here because I was like, I knew yeah. it. I had to. It was the Brothers Grimm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm German. I know I don't look it, but so, you know. yeah, he's kind of speaking. He gets. Um, That's yeah, yeah. I just see German. How's it going? Uh, she's, she's stunned. <laughs> Laura's, like, Laura's like, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, L- uh, Laura. Said, let how's me, it going, Laura? Let me ask you this. <clears throat> so, Brad, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, go I'm te- ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm texting him, and he goes, "That Spanish chick is really, really good looking." Who's that? I want to see. Exactly. It. You're not Spanish. Oh no, I'm Transylvanian. We've talked about this before, Eric. I know. Yeah, but he's saying I because of what I said. That's exactly. I thought you, you, were, know, that, I thought you that, were Latin. He said the same thing to me. He said, I, I was like, um, Laura, I was like, Laura Croft, that's really cool. What does she look like? Because that's the next question normal people ask. And he's yeah. like, well, she's like really like a really cute Latino girl. And I'm like, I go to your, he sends me your Instagram link and I pull it up. I'm like, there is, there's zero chance that you she's Latin. dicks are throwing me under the bus. What a couple of assholes. I was literally like, I think she's like, I think she's Eastern European. That was my guess. 
Well, so what, you were actually from Transylvania? than anybody. I said she wow. was really pretty is what I said. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay. yeah, you said she was really pretty. That's acceptable in all accounts. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. So where are you actually from? <laughs> Tell the listeners. From Transylvania. He doesn't believe me when I told him that I'm half vampire. And that's kind of how these things work. God, I got some places I could go with this, but oh I'm going to leave it alone. I'm just going to slow so do you, touch do you it. Have, do you have uh, family members that are gypsies? No, I have what? Family members that are gypsies? Um, Yeah, probably. From Romania? I, I don't really talk to them anymore. Oh, okay. They're all dead. <laughs> I don't talk to them anymore. They're all dead. Is that what she said? Damn. <laughs> Damn. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. Okay. Where Where would you like to start? <laughs> from From the From the beginning. From birth. Wherever, <laughs> where, wherever you feel comfortable starting. <laughs> I'm not really wherever from Transylvania. I'm not really from Transylvania, but there is some relation to that part of the world. Uh, my father was Albanian. Mm, okay. From Albania, like first generation. Okay. I don't know that much about his side of the family. So unfortunately, I don't know like the roots before that, other than mm-hmm. that they were 100% Albanian. My mom. Yeah, you have any. Huh? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I want to know what you're going to say. Oh, I just said you have a very Eastern European appearance. Well, thank as far you. As your bo- as far as your bone structure. Thank you. I like bone structures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the, the low hanging fruit tree is just calling my name, dude. I keep fucking. I'm like, I, I can't Brad, do it to Brad's, it. Brad's chomping at the bit. He's oh. like, I bet you do like I'm bone structures. My mic. I'm muting my mic so I can laugh. <laughs> no, you was, can say it, Brad. I was literally strong. gonna go. What kind of bone structures do you like, Brad? <laughs> Brad, you're, thick and long. Brad, what? I'm throwing you a bone right now, actually, because you're not you're not in the wrong. My mom is Mexican American. Boom. Yes. I told you. Yes. <laughs> Brad, now she's just out. Now she's just making shit up to make you feel good. Probably. <laughs> a Mexican Albanian mixture is is quite a different one that you're not going to see on a daily basis. Yeah. When I tell people I'm a vampire, they believe it because they don't know what else to think. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you big into vampires? Like, is that like, well, I was, do you like that? I was or? younger for sure. Yeah, I was one of those oh, okay. you know, little goth girls, you know, was late mm. 90s, you know, that was like, that was like my God. teen years. So, you know, we were all into the typo negative and the, um, the interview with the vampire and all the all the oh. uh, vampire culture out there before it became typo negative. You know, what a terrible band! Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might think so now, and I'm not going to say I would listen to them now, but we definitely bought into that stuff back in the day because that was a hot. That was a hot '90s goth culture. That shit was going on, you know, Marilyn Manson, all yep. that sort of thing. It you was, said interview with a vampire, which made me laugh because Mike, I had never seen it until we talked about it on a show like not too oh long God, ago. So I saw it for the first time. I mean, I've seen everything, but I'd never saw that movie. And man, it it's was a awesome. Good movie. It was it's a great movie, great. man. It's yeah, it's so well well done. It's beautiful. And Brad Pitt, come on now. <laughs> if you're allowed thought, to have, I thought a, Tom Cruise's Cruise. character was cool shit. Oh, he yeah. was too. But yeah. if you if you can have a man crush from that movie. I'm going Brad Pitt all day. 100%. Mike, you ever notice that Eric always says that? Uh, whenever time Brad know, Pitt's like, name what? comes up, he's like all in it, dude. 
I know he always talks about man crushes like all the time. Like if I was gay, <laughs> wink, up. wink. I know he like, always says if, if I was gay. If I, I, think if you if are. I was, if I was into guys, he's been in some. He's been in some guys. Don't let him lie. Not so straight. Yeah, oh, you, not so you straight. stop it, you silly billies. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it like growing up in an Albanian Mexican American household? It was interesting, actually, because this was in Michigan. This was suburbs of Detroit. Very like. Wow, that adds a whole nother dimension. Eight mile. Very, very white suburbia. Um, very like uh, what you see on South Park. That's pretty much the childhood that I lived. Bunch of little white kids running around, very ignorant. And, mm-hmm. um, and because we were in that sort of society or whatever, my parents um, kind of took on the notion that they didn't really want to teach us too much culturally about, about either side. You know, I feel, uh, I feel like there was a power struggle between, you know, like I don't want them to, you know, speak another language or I do, or, you know, like blah, blah, blah. So we were just kind of raised to just go to school, make good grades and no Spanish or Albanian culture was really taught to us, which I feel mm. like is a major disadvantage especially later in life and there's so many things and so many people and situations I've encountered that my cultural skills and my cultural background could have benefited um, Mm -hmm. if I had had more like integration with it but I didn't I'm you know just kind of a white girl at the end of the day (laughs) yeah gotcha (laughs) so So, there's that (laughs) Michigan goth then you move to Florida at what point in time do you move to Florida um I didn't move to Florida until I was grown and and came here okay you know on my own um uh around middle school age um I moved to (laughs) totally different flip of the script I moved to Fort Worth Texas and okay grew up there went to middle school like high school mostly there and a little bit of college and like you know grew up grew up you're your years between like 12, 13 and, and, and twenties is a lot of growing up, you know? Oh yeah. So I feel like, you know, my experience was different, you know, mm-hmm. being that Texas is like one thing and Michigan is a whole right. other thing. Tex- you went from like North, North white to like South white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, which is two totally awesome. different. Which is two totally different types of white. <laughs> it is. It is. And uh, yeah. the only difference for me was that um, in Michigan, there was really not a Hispanic community. But in mm. Texas, there was a large Hispanic community. Right. And I you know, realized at that point like how different it was to be someone who like, you know, looks like they might speak Spanish but doesn't. And all of the things going on in that world it was just it was just weird to me i didn't really like it i wasn't really too happy with it at first now so did, I you, can, did you get that a lot Laura? yeah looking looking hispanic like people are like oh she's she's definitely hispanic yeah they'll just come up to you and start speaking spanish like and just with just no second thought that that you're not going to understand it just is very quickly speaking is what i'm hearing and yeah. I'm like, well <laughs> I mean, I can understand a good share of it, but it doesn't mean I can, like, hold a conversation. It doesn't mean I can understand all these different dialects of Spanish that are out there. See, because the first time I ever met you, I thought you were 
Asian uh, or European yeah, from a European descent, mm-hmm. most deaf. Yeah. Well, you know so what? I have. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I have a dark complexion as well. Growing up in <laughs> Florida, um, everyone thought I was Hispanic. So everywhere I went, I everyone think you always could pass for being Spanish. Okay. I I get. If I'm up north, like in New York, I get Italian. Like everybody thinks I'm Italian, mm-hmm. so they all come over and they start talking Italian. Guido. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if I'm down, if I'm here in Florida, everybody thinks I'm Spanish. So I get, I got off the boat in Mexico for my honeymoon, and the, all the guys that were there, like the, the guys that are peddling different things, were all speaking to me in Spanish, oh, and God. I don't speak a lick of Spanish, so I knew nothing that was going on. <laughs> when I worked in the grocery store, every <laughs> Spanish person that was looking for something would approach me. And say habla español, and I'd be like, no, no, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, and they wouldn't believe me. They thought I was just being an asshole. Like literally, like like we know you speak Spanish. They'd say that in English. All you have to say, Michael, is you go, yo soy Michael, (laughs) mucho grande pinga na pantalones. That's all you gotta say. Yeah, Yeah. have a big penis in the pants. Yeah, Yeah, a big penis in your pants, and then you walk away. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't think that would work. No, you say the same thing. They'll leave you alone, too. Yeah. It was, it was, it was mostly old ladies <laughs> that would say that. I think I'd get fired. And I couldn't afford to lose my job at that point. <laughs> oh, my God, Laura. If you actually went up to somebody and said that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They would just be like, this dumb bitch. Like, who told her to say that? They'd be looking around for their best friend who told me to say that, you know. <laughs> they would They would find uh-huh. Mike and Brad. <laughs> no. I'm it, the poster child in, uh, for stupidity, trust me. This is what this is what would happen because I have friends that have, like, Spanish grandmothers. She'd be like, Maria, Maria, it's one of those those trans people. She's one of those trans people. <laughs> like, that's because that's what my mom would do. Like, German. You know what I mean? She'd be like, oh, she's one of them right there. She looks so much like a woman. Dude, Mike's <laughs> mom is the best. I'm just telling you, man. Oh, I she's laugh terrible. every time. Like, when the first time I met her, I fucking knew oh, I loved her. Yeah, she's She terrible. comes to my house in a tr- and he's, she's in a truck. And Mike basically cleaned his truck. He doesn't like people smoking in his truck. His mom's a chain smoker. You know, yeah. always has been her whole life. So she rolls down the fucking window. We've told this story before, but she rolls down the window and she, Mike has his back to her because he's standing at my door. And uh, she goes, she waves at me and I, she lights up a cigarette and then rolls Just, the I, window up. Yeah. So I knew when that bitch got the truck, I was going to get a phone call as soon as he dropped her off. I don't mind people smoking. Okay, I don't care. Live your life. What I don't like what I don't like is <laughs> doing it inside the truck and rolling the fucking windows up. <laughs> like, like why? Like why do you have to let it recirculate through the AC system? Like why can't you just be like a decent human being and leave the window down and like puff out the window? Needless to say, when he was driving around the cul-de-sac to leave, I saw him crack his windows and fucking smoke plume come well, I, yelled, I yelled at him. I got in the car. I was like, God damn it, mom. Oh my God. It was oh the fucking God. best. I, I still to this day makes me laugh. I, the first time I met her, I was dying. She's, she's off the chain. You guys are, yeah. <laughs> Don't want me in with them. Do I have this bad of an echo problem for you guys? Because I'm like hearing it on mine. No, you're good on, on our end. You're fine. Oh, yeah, it's yeah you're good. I guess it's because I don't have an actual uh, uh, head, um, headphones. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, if you don't have if you don't have cans on, it's fine. I wait. She, she has cans. <laughs> wait. What? Yeah, she has cans, Eric. You got to get it right. That's what they call headphones in the biz. Cans. See, we're old. Cans are boobs. Yeah, boobs. Oh, really? I I I thought. When Jugs. back in the forties, Brad, I thought it was called titties. Fuck you, Eric. Forties. I'm not that old, you dick. Back in the forties. Back in the forties, it's called breakfast. Wait, what? 
<laughs> it's a source of nourishment. Bitch, I wasn't born in the 40s, you asshole. Fucking fuck you, too. No, you're in your teens. You were born in the 30s. So, yo, uh, Laura, let me ask you Laura, let me ask you this. Yeah, uh, so, okay, so you're a bartender. That is correct. <laughs> and what attracted you to bartending in the first place? Um, probably, like, the fact that there's booze there, you know? <laughs> and you can't drink it because you're on the job. <laughs> or can you? Or can you? Well, that's, I mean, that's a lie. I mean, you're you're te- technically not supposed to. That's a solid lie. I bartended. I know. That's bullshit. We drink on the job. I'm trying to keep the job oh. alive or the lie alive. But go ahead. Um, I don't know. I guess um I guess it's just kind of been part of my lifestyle, like since I, I was young, honestly. Like, you know. Being around like drinks and like crafting stuff and also like the fact that like it's a very social job so you have to be like in the public all the time you have to be outgoing person and you have to be just not afraid to just talk to strangers and just go out there and like you know try to kind of make something out of nothing and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've done a lot of that and grown up around that a lot of that being like an entertainment and you know like being on stages and stuff like when I was a kid I was always like in dance class and acting classes and all these things or whatever so it's natural for me to want to like take on a job where it's required to you know express yourself to people be outgoing and if you can make more money that way as well then like I feel like that's great I've never been like a sit down and you know paper push type of person so it just always kind of seemed natural when i was a kid i I realized i wanted to like do stuff that was like in the public and waitressing seemed like an easy way to like get into that you know and then you know bartending is obviously like the next cooler step from that so it kind of happened kind of naturally i don't even really remember it happening <laughs> See, I think most outgoing people that have like an outgoing, you know, high intensity personality do very well as a bartender. Um, it's part of it, you know, and if you yeah. don't care to talk to people or like if you don't like want to, you know, give a little bit of like your own, you know, pizzazz. To <laughs> That's Mike you- all the way. <laughs> Uh-huh. We always call him Mr. Antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> but like Eric and I, for instance, man, when we work behind the bar, I mean, Eric, you know, me, Shannon, Danny, you, all of us, dude, we're, are outgoing yeah. personalities. I mean, I, I, I very rarely see a boring bartender. You know, every time you, you guys talk do, about that. And when you do, you want to leave. You don't want to stay there. You're like, okay, I'm kind Correct. of I'm done. One and done. Every yep. time Brad and Eric talk about their bartending days, I think of the movie Cocktail, where <laughs> Eric is Tom Cruise and Brad's Fuck the old you. guy. I knew I was going to be the old guy, you asshole, but the bum, old guy was bum, cool. Bum, How to do bum, it. Bum, bum. The old guy got the chick, though, so I don't care. Whatever. Didn't he kill himself, too? Oh, oh shit. Oh, that is kind of like real life, then. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen a trend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, just like that, it got dark. Uh, just like that, I'm going, going to talk to anybody for the rest of the fucking day. Oh, um, good grief almighty. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so you go from you go from bartending, and then you start modeling, or was it no, vice versa? It was the other way around. Yeah, um, yeah. No, nobody taught me how to bartend when I was a kid, but modeling. I hope not. <laughs> That'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, you're 13. Here's how you pour my tie. 
fortunes, honey. Okay, one and a half pounds. Um, yeah, no. Um, I, I'm German, so that actually does not sound weird to me. Because <laughs> you, you, if you can walk, you can buy alcohol. You just can't consume it. So you can literally send your kid down to the grocery store and pick up beer. That's crazy. It used to be like yeah. that back in the day too. Back in the eighties. I don't yeah. know. I guess I guess I'm dating myself. But back in the eighties, you could literally send your kid to the store with a note to buy cigarettes. Right. That yeah. was a thing. I didn't do it, but my older sister did. And mm. they would literally <laughs> literally give her a note to walk to another the old joke. Store and be like, Oh, this <laughs> Mrs. So and so and like, you know, I want some cigarettes and they would sell it and then the six year old would give her the money and like she would give her the cigarettes and she would walk home with it. Yes. I know yeah, the, well, I've done the it. honor system. When Guilty. I w- I've done when, it. When I was uh yeah. underage, m- my father and I we would we would go to this diner up in Jersey called Medport and they had one of those cigarette machines. Yeah. And he would just get I remember he that. would give me he would give me the the money to stick in the machine. He's like, hey, go pick me up a pack of the heaters. Okay, father. <laughs> and it was little gold bits, too. It was like, you know. Nobody gave a shit. And it was three feet tall. And you just walk up there mm-hmm. by. Nobody's watching. And you pull so you a little thing out. Yeah. yeah. Pull the lever out. <laughs> and it drop down. Hey, I got, you know. hey was, Mike, I don't know. You, you might not be. Well, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you didn't. I'm just ranting. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, Mike, have you ever, because I know the other two are younger, but um, have, did, were you in the time where you had candy cigarettes? Yes. So you go I buy the little, Lucky Strikes I was candy cigarettes and act like you were smoking them when you were little? Oh, yeah. I didn't really like them because they didn't taste good. Yeah, but and you I didn't, didn't care because you were I like, think, oh, wow, I look at me, I'm smoking a cigarette like no, my parents. No, I didn't think they looked cool because I, like, I didn't like that my parents smoked. They taste so. like bubble gum, though, so I liked them. Yeah. And then you could puff them and a little puff would come out. They were they were chalky. You know, if I remember right. You know what's fucked up, dude? When I was a kid, when I was little, like seven or eight, we would go out to the. We called it the dunes. It was like these woods with a bunch of sand dunes and shit. But they had these like little. We had these like tree branches that were like That's hollow. Very descriptive. Well, hold on. They were like hollow. These tree branches, right? So we cut them in like to cigarette length, and then we pack them full of dead leaves that we'd find, and we'd act like we were smoking them. I, I probably should be fucking completely dead by now. The dumb shit that I've done in my childhood. Oh, we smoked the fucking plant. I mean, and the freaking uh, uh, the tree bark would fucking burn. I'm not shitting you, man. It was my first stint of going, wow, check this shit out. You know what I mean? And it was probably some poisonous fucking like poison ivy or some shit. And I'm over here going, yeah, you're going to inhale this shit every day. That's a really good 420 story because you were smoking weed before you knew what weed was. Weed was. <laughs> you were smoking actual weeds. <laughs> I was smoking weed. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> he was literally smoking actual weeds. So he's like, dude, you got to try this thing called weed it's and amazing is, you just go in the yard and pick them up and there they are and that was 100 a true story shit you're not you used to do it all the time my friends and i we'd all be in the neighborhood acting like we were fucking cool as shit and we were the biggest dumbasses ever you know now, let, me, let me ask you this have you ever had the uh question asked the first time that you smoked weed you're not supposed to be high because have yeah. you ever heard that before no that rumor no no it's too high <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking remember the first time. Jesus. I got so high. Oh my god. I got high at church. No, you did not. Swear. That's Wednesday a- night church service. Oh, it was at we, night? I was fifteen and it was the first time I got a blowjob too. 
Shut the front door. At the same time? Uh, uh, yep, exactly right. I got high, and then we went wow. in her car, got a blowjob, went back into the church <laughs> service. I shit you not, my buddy looks at me, and he goes, and he already knew. He already knew that I got a blowjob because he knew we know the girl. I'm not going to say her name. But um, she basically, yeah, just in case she listens now, I don't know. But uh, reality is, is I got a blowjob, went back into church at 15, and she leans over to my to me and goes, got any gum? And my friend busts out in pure laughter, and everybody in the sanctuary turned around and looked at us. Because he knew why she was asking for gum. If you and get my drift, wink, wink. The fact that you went back in is what's blowing my mind. Right hey, I'm a fucking trooper. She blew mine. And, That's all I know. Oh, my God. And you and you wonder why God has it out for you. Oh, dude, he is like taking his wrath on me the last month or two. And I'm like, listen, man, I was young. I'm older now. I don't yeah, do that shit young, anymore. Young, dumb, and like, I guess. I was young and dumb and depositing a lot of gum. Yeah. yeah, didn't have a lot of cum left in your system, oh, wow. obviously. Wow. No, I'm still not shooting blanks. I'm good. Now, Laura, you can tell us your story. <laughs> Sorry. That yeah. was my first time. Yeah, try to top that shit, Brad. Just one up everybody. <laughs> he sure shit did. Trumpsville, if I've ever seen it. I, Jesus. I, I don't. Um, are we talking about weed or, or church or what? Right. What are we talking about again? No, yeah. weed. When was the first time you the smoked weed? The first time you got high on God. Yeah. <laughs> God, Mike. That's fucked up. I'm so going to hell. <laughs> But go ahead, Laura. You're supposed to get high on God, not high it's with God. So not fun compared to that. It's so not fun compared to that at all. You know the fucked up part is her name was Joy. <laughs> I won't say her last name, but she brought me much joy. Jesus, well, congratulations! I mean, that's kind of gangster. Right? I mean, honestly, I'm the, dude, that's, I mean, thug, that's thug life right there. Hey, God knew what was going on. She was calling out his name. Brad. <laughs> oh I'm my sorry. god. Wow. It's just like that. Drops a mic. She literally called your ass out, Brad. Oh my god. Mike's holding his face. He doesn't even want to look at the camera. <laughs> Go ahead. So top that, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, you can't. That's like that's like ultimate sacrilegious. I mean, there's there's no way to like top that. Do you, do, do any of you, do any of you have the uh, uh, like a great I got high story? Like it was I, funny. I got a fucked up one, but it's kind of a horror story though. So maybe someone else <laughs> Ooh, should go. Okay. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you have you the floor. Go. go. All my all my weed stories are stupid because like nothing happens. Like it's literally like yeah, you're just laughing. You, you get high and like you just <laughs> chill out. Like it's not like you fucking go on an. I mean, you go on a mental adventure, but you fucking don't do anything. It's you're like right. you sit there and you're like, so I'm sat here for like seven hours. This is fucking amazing. Like. Okay. <laughs> I've watched the same rerun over and over and over and over again on loop. <laughs> All right, so check it out. So, okay. Yeah. Teenage, teenage stoners we are, okay, like way back in the day, like before smartphones or any of that. And oh, good old days. So I don't know about you guys, but my first job ever <laughs> was at Subway. I was a Subway sandwich artiste. Yes. Ooh. That was my first job. I was like 15. And <clears throat> those were the Jared years. No, it was before Jared, actually. Oh, it was before, pre Jared. Oh, okay. I'm showing my age again. God damn it. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. That's all right. Oh, wow. Um, 
Are you ready to elevate your taste experience? Look no further than Mad Picks, the home of the sweet heat jalapeno and cucumber. Our pickled jalapenos and cucumbers add a satisfying crunch and tangy flavor to any dish. From sandwiches to tacos, nachos to burgers, the possibilities are endless. Whether you're a fan of sweet, heat, or both, we've got the perfect pickles for you. Indulge in the sweet, heat, jalapeno, and cucumber from Mad Picks. Visit mad-picks.com today. Go ahead, take a bite, and let the flavors dance on your tongue. So, <laughs> this is like, we've got this like manager who's like, I don't know what he's cracked out on, but he doesn't care what his staff does. So we always have permission to like smoke weed in the walk-in. That was where we used to do it because you can't, it doesn't bleed out to the restaurant. Right. So we'd go in the walk-in, get stoned as shit, come out there, make sandwiches. It was like the best job for a teenage stoner. It really was. Those are probably the best sandwiches too. Oh, man. Because you didn't give a shit about abortion control. (laughs) You want pepperoni? Here's all the fucking pepperoni. (laughs) Either that or you just stood there and thought you were making a fucking sandwich and all you're doing is spreading the mustard like for 10 minutes. (laughs) One day we get baked in the freezer and it's me and a coworker of mine. Now, mind you, this is a horror story, okay? So it's me and this kid. He's like 17. I'm like 15 or 16. And we get baked. We come out of the freezer, and he goes straight to the tom- tomato slicer because he doesn't want to talk to people. So he's no. just sitting there, like, slicing tomatoes, just, like, minding his business, doing his thing. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm not scared to talk to people. And I go out there, and I'm just hanging out, like, oh, what should I make for myself, you know? And I wait on, like, one or two customers. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I get a customer in that turns out to be a robbery. So I'm getting robbed oh. at some point. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, I'm no. getting robbed from a- Wait, what? <laughs> and you're high as fuck. I got <laughs> rage. I got a bag of weed in my bra or in my, you know, pocket pants or something. You know, just thinking everything's fine. My mom doesn't know jack shit about what I'm doing in real life out here, you know. She knows I got a job, so it's like cool. So dude comes in. <clears throat> Performs a robbery, robs the fucking subway with a note. He writes a note, hands it over to me. It's like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting robbed or whatever. Okay. That wasn't even the hard part. All I had to do was hand over the money to this person, and then they bolted. After that, I had to, like, perform a police report, stoned as shit, with a big bag of weed in my bra. (laughs) They, they fucking know too. Trying to act like, yeah, oh, I was so stoned. Act like you're not stoned, which Trying is worse like because you're super stoned. You know, we got cigarette butts and like all paraphernalia all in the back room. You know, we're trying to act like, you know, we got this together. We're like super underage. We shouldn't have even been able to like be in the restaurant by ourselves. There should have been a manager there. But here we are doing this thing. <laughs> and. It, it was fine. It developed into like a whole case and like they never found out how fucked up we were. The fact that we had drugs falling out of all of our pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was crazy though because here's the deal. Okay, I was a kid at the time. I realized that this was like a bad thing, but I also like realized like, hey, 
I'm like working a job and like, I don't like want to have to be forced to quit my job. I don't want my mom to think that like anything weird happened. So I'm not going to tell her about this. I'm just not going to tell her. I don't want her to know. You know what I mean? And I was like, she doesn't know anything. <laughs> Is that a bad idea? No, that's what everybody does. Everybody doesn't Yo. want their parents to find out ever. Yo. I did not want her to find out. Oh, I think our generation, I don't know about the, the current generation doesn't give a fuck. Like they don't give a shit about their parents, what they think. But also. Not at all. No, not the current generation. Our generation did. Like that's the worst thing you do. Like you can do anything to me. Just don't tell my fucking dad. Like just over my mom, just what whatever. Like I don't care. I just don't get them I didn't involved. I want them to know because I didn't want her to make me quit my job, and yeah. I thought it was the best job, it was the easiest job I've ever had. And I was like, if she finds out that there was a robbery here, and it wasn't a scary robbery or anything, it was just like <laughs> you're high, so it didn't get so scary at all. I did not care. I was like, oh, I just asked me for the money and I gave it to him. He probably had he probably had to write a note because he was saying it and you probably weren't picking up on it. Because <laughs> you were too high. He's, He's like, like too read high. this. You're just like you're just dazed out and he was like, Jesus Christ, this bitch is high, I gotta write it She's down. She's like, look, bro, <laughs> just make a sandwich and go, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you put the money in like a sandwich bun and hand it to him like a like a bread like you just, <laughs> here's your sandwich <laughs> Made I put to tons order. of green on it for you man <laughs> oh, God, oh, hey, yo shit. yo yo this this okay, this, okay, so, <laughs> this bread this sandwich is made with real lettuce <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yes. he, got, he asked for the cheddar so I gave it to him <laughs> <laughs> it was messed up, okay? Because like I was stoned as shit. I was trying to act oh like it's gonna be fine, like it's gonna be fine or whatever, right? And so I write it off, and like you know, my high school boyfriend or whoever at the time came to pick me up, and like went on the day as normal, and went home that night and acted like nothing happened or whatever. Well, I didn't realize, like, I was involved with, like, a criminal case, you know? So, oh, yeah. like, a week later, freaking detective shows up at my house to get me to identify people in a, in a, in a, basically, like, a photo lineup, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they had already caught this person elsewhere, and... At that point is when everything got kind of busted and my mom was there and she was like, and, and the guy shows up saying he's the, like the head of this department for criminal cases. And then I show up like coming home from school, you know, and she's like, what's going on? Did you get assaulted? Did you get raped or something? And I was like, oh what God, are you yeah, talking about? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. I got robbed and made a sandwich. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I just got robbed at Subway. Like, that was not even a deal. Like, it's it totally was a buzzkill. It ruined my hey, fucking you know, eye. You know <laughs> that's not a fun weed story. Do you know what would have been the most, the most gangster move? I told you the beginning move. of it. I told you it was a horror story, and you said, call it anyways. So. You know what would have been the most gangster move that you could have done? No. If you would have pulled out, lit up, and said, I got to get in the right frame of mind in order to be able to identify him. Because <laughs> I was high at the time. <laughs> that would have been the most gangster fucking move ever. Like, hands down. I can't identify him in my in this, in this state. I got to get in the right state of mind. Oh, yeah, that probably could have you made me. You made me remember my, my weed story in the process. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. 
All right, well, I'm just saying his was massively weird, so I had to get more weird, and that's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened. I, I'm still the winner. Go my, ahead. <laughs> my weed story was actually with edibles. It wasn't smoking. So we were heading, me and a buddy and a bunch of buddies were heading. We were car, driving different cars, and we had the car that had all the luggage, and there was two trays of brownies in the back. <laughs> and we're driving up to Atlanta on I-75. Um. I'm sorry, I-95, I-95, my bad, I-95. And it's bumper to bumper fucking traffic. I mean, it's stopped. Like, we're not moving. We're sitting there for 40 minutes. We're not moving. So my buddy in his car, he had one of the lower cards, and he, he had the, the the display in the dash. So we started watching Days and Confused because, you know, he had the DVD. <laughs> so it was when you had the DVD deck, and you had to pull it down and put the DVD in it, and it played the movie. So we're watching fucking Days and Confused, and we're like, man, we're fucking starving. He's like, right. hey, get some of those brownies. Now, we didn't bring the brownies. Like, one of our other buddies was the one who made the brownies. And I was like, that's kind of weird bringing to a fucking bachelor party some fucking brownies. Like, who, what is he, fucking Martha Stewart? We weren't fucking thinking that they were fucking edibles, like weed brownies. So it was two trays, two trays of fucking brownies. So we're sitting there, and we're just munching away on these fuckers. We're like, God, these are fucking delicious. Oh, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, this is his passion. This is his calling. He should be a fucking baker. Oh. I mean, damn, I didn't know he had it in. So we get like halfway through a fucking tray between the two of us, and all of a sudden, like, everything just got fucking shit funny. Well, my buddy was driving, and <laughs> he didn't realize that he was, his foot had slipped off the brake. So we're inching forward, and we bump the car in front of us. Oh, God. So the guy gets out, and he's oh, like, God. what the fuck? What the fuck, guys? And we're just losing it. We're, like, laughing our asses off, okay? We're like, we're sorry, man, we're sorry. So he gets back. It's a truck, so there's no damage. I mean, my buddy's car had a little ding on it, but there was no damage to the truck because it was a big metal bumper. We get back at the car, like, five seconds later, we do it again. Like, literally, bink, just barely nudge him. <laughs> Wow. We hit this guy like six times before he got pissed oh, off, wow. went into the shoulder, sped down the shoulder, and then got pulled over by a Florida Highway Patrolman for driving down the fucking shoulder. So as we're passing, we're like waving, and he's fucking getting mad. Like he's getting mad because, wow. you know, he's getting a ticket. That was probably my best weed story. All the rest okay, of them like, were lame. Like I'm just literally sitting there like wide eyed. I'm not the only one that's bringing the fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll oh. be honest with you. With all the weed shit stories I had, I uh, should probably I should have been sitting next to Schmengel Brian. Oh you know what I mean? Oh, it, 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 it oh, fucking yeah. panning the pokey for a while. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh because I've done some God. fucked up shit where the police were involved, and I talked my way. Go figure. I talked my way out of it. Uh, parents, white privilege. Hey, <laughs> parents. Parents also. <laughs> hey, my friends' parents. Like when I got busted with my friends, like I was like their favorite. So they were like, we all, we knew that, you know, Reggie was fucked up. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and talk to your mom for you. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then my mom's like looking at me like bull fucking shit. Get in the house. You know what I mean? Just give me the look. And I'm going back to my room. Like I felt like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Life moves pretty fast when, you know, (laughs) if you don't stop and watch, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I've avoided many prison sentences. Um, (laughs) So one day we were, uh, this is up north when I lived up north, we were outside of a bowling alley. We were going in, and uh, I'll, I'll speed this up real quick. We were going in, um, we were smoking, we were all just token up. Uh, Brad, my friend Brad, had a super trooper, and uh, we we blazed it out. So well, what's, a, what's a super trooper for uh, those of us who are not drug aficionados? <laughs> a trooper. A, an Isuzu uh-huh. trooper. 
Oh. Oh, you were in a Super Trooper. I thought it was a type of marijuana. You know, from the Broken Lizard movie. Super Trooper. Yeah. Basically, yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, (laughs) Okay, so we all had different, you you said Super Trooper, and we all had different images in our head. She's thinking cops, I'm thinking like a massive amount of like like a mega joint. No, no, no. It, that's basically what it was. So we're, we're all, we're, so basically, we're all, we're all hitting this, and we're going, kung, 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 baking out the super trooper. Baking, and it's fun. That, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Sorry. It does make sense. We're up. baking out the the we're yeah, baking yeah. out the Isuzu trooper. Got you. No, we're on. It. Okay. Ah. So anyway, uh, uh, we had our friend Andrew call us up, and he's like, "What are you guys doing?" And Jeff's like, we're baking out the trooper. Nice. Passes the phone to Brad. Brad's like, we're baking out the trooper. Passes the phone to me. We're baking out the trooper. And then all of a sudden, Jeff takes it back and goes, marijuana, motherfuckers. (laughs) And it was a great time. Yeah. Well, damn. I wish I could have been in the trooper for that. Oh, you could be. I'd be a lot better than getting questioned by the cops, you know? We didn't get questioned by the cops or anything, but it, it, it was it was fucking hilarious. I feel Jeez. that. Probably the dumbest thing that I've done involving police officers was my buddy was drinking and he got pulled over and we were we were uh, caravanning. So the cop was pulling him up. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. there's more of us. There's too many people to get in one car. So we were caravanning to the club That's and we were like coming home. trail over here. Yeah, no, we were going. We were going over to Ebor, so we went over to Ebor. We had there was like twelve of us, and I so I had like eight people in the back of my Suzuki uh, or not Suzuki. It was a, a Kia Sportage with the seats folded down. There was like twelve of us in there. Like people were fucking piled on top of people because we'd go over to the clubs. And um, I wasn't never a big drinker like that. Like I didn't never because I grew, grew up German, so I literally I had beer and alcohol and when I was like eight years old. So to me, it wasn't a big fucking deal. But every one of my friends would get trashed and shit. So I was driving. He was driving in front of us. He was driving like weaving and a cop pulls him over. So I literally pulled up next to the cop and did a fucking burnout and took off. So the cops started chasing me and left my friend. And my friend got home because he was getting DUI. So I just got a reckless driving ticket. What? Yeah. So I took a ticket for him. But, you know, I didn't want him to go to jail and get a DUI because a reckless driving is just I think it was three points on the license. And he was, I was like, man, I'm sorry, dude. Like I had this girl in here and I was just trying to like pretend I was being cool. And I wanted to show off. Cause I was like 18 at the time. And the guy, the cop totally bought it. He's like, well, I'm not going to give you like, or it was careless driving, not reckless. I was like, he bumped it down to careless driving. But yeah, I took a ticket for his ass because he would have gone, he would have gone to jail because he was fucking lit, like tore up. Well, I mean, most well, people don't like. Nowadays I'd have been shot. <laughs> They got on the radio, call the other cop. Yeah, we got one. Take him out with the sniper rifle. (laughs) I have so many dumb Latino looking male shot in Lakeland, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) I really have a. I have so many dumb fuck stories of just pure stupidity that I don't even know which one to single out. I mean, that's how many I have because I was a complete moron in my teens. Uh, Here's the school shit out there for sure. Oh, dude. I'm. You have no idea. That's no all I'm going to say. I was like, I, I feel like I was we out of able, control, man. I, was. I feel like we were able to get away with more because I feel like people were more understanding. Oh, the cops were way cooler. Like, they, I can't tell you how many times I had my board, my beer poured out 
in the middle of a field, um, told to go home, lied to the cops that I was going home. Then I end up at like a restaurant at like one in the morning and they come walking in as I'm walking out and then getting reprimanded again and said, and saying, if I see you out anymore tonight, I swear to God, I'm going to arrest you and call your parents. And I'm like, no problem, man. I'm going home. Bullshit. Going to a party, drinking for more. Even when they would call your parents, they would be like, what's your parents' phone number? And you just give them a number to something that you know is never going to answer. And they don't know. (laughs) There's no cell phones. There's no record of where you live. The kids didn't have IDs. It was like like the wild, wild west out there. I got away with mostly from the like, sheriff. I'm, I'm an orphan bitch. I live on the streets. <laughs> I'm an orphan bitch. I'm from the streets, motherfucker. That's why, no. I, have a, that's why I have a drinking problem, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I was one of my girlfriends. She, her dad was a sergeant in the uh, sheriff's department. Ooh. So all we had to do is just name. Since we were with name her, drop. she would the dad get name dropped. And they were like, "All right, man. If I see you out here again, and we go buy another case of beer, you know, and come back up to another spot. I mean, we were fucking always <laughs> doing dumb shit. It was dumb. So. Moving away from the beer stories and the weed stories. So what do you do? What do you do now? I mean, are you bartending now? I mean, is that what you're doing or? Yeah. Where you bartend at? If, unless you don't want to give that out. Um, I don't mind. I, I work at a sports bar in Naples and uh, oh, okay. it's fairly popular one. I, I don't mind giving it out. I just don't know if they would be okay with me giving it out. So well, you uh, you can give it out because we're on we're not on terrestrial radio. Well, no, she doesn't know if her employer employer would want to be, be oh, shared. Would be cool, but it's a very popular mm-hmm. sports bar. Yeah, um, I would say that we're fairly popular. Yes, and okay, so it, it's not a national chain, or it or it is. It's not a national chain. No, oh, okay. It's it's kind of a single thing, which is why we're so cool and. Um, it's it's a nice vibe. Uh, they do like late night parties on the weekends. They do they have like every sports package, so it's a good place to watch games. And um, they employ a lot of good looking people, so you know mm. I'm happy to be included in that. So, Mike, when do we go to Naples? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I go I go all the time. I know, I know. So uh, yeah, um, shotgun, <laughs> shotgun. So I, 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 there was a question that Bre- uh, Eric had wrote. No, I, no I just wanted no. to read it. Okay. No. Let's hear it. Did you you, you send it to her? Did yeah. you just wake up one morning and realize you're hot? <laughs> oh, that, that's fine. I thought you were talking about the other one. <laughs> oh, I didn't see the other one. What's there the other one? one? Oh, oh, there's, there's more. more. She's already seen them, so she's already said they're good. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so well, go ahead. You got to answer how, that first how question. You, how would you answer that question? No. Um, no. <laughs> no. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe yes. So you don't think? So you don't think that way, or is that what you're saying? Um, I'm saying it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you figure it out over time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, how old are you again? Um, I'm probably younger than all of you guys. You never ask a later age. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> oh, oh, so now I'm the all you, have, okay, all you have to do okay. is all you have just all you have to do is just look up our bio on Instagram and your Facebook or social and you can see. I'm just asking <laughs> because you, you know what? You, okay. <laughs> Fuck you both. I'm assuming I'm, I'm assuming she was born somewhere probably in the eighties, if I had to make that a guess. That is correct. Yes. Eighty four? Um, so I personally, the way I handle Ladies. things is I will not like ask someone <laughs> something that I'm not willing to answer first. But And? <laughs> <laughs> it just might be something for you to consider. Yeah. 
I, she doesn't I, want to answer, so stop asking the question. Yeah, like she's trying to say what she's oh. saying nicely. No, I don't think you heard what I said. I, I don't ask somebody something that I'm not willing to answer myself first. Oh, I'm fucking old as fuck. I'm 52, so whatever. Thank and I'm 41. Uh, yeah, I was born 42. You guys want to throw ages out there, but don't you think the gentlemanly thing would be to go first and then ask a lady? Okay, Wait, now are we, we still talking lying? about our age or are we talking about other things? <laughs> You gotta take care of the lady first. <laughs> yeah, the lady comes first, literally. Yeah, I think there's a book about that. <laughs> literally, I think there's a you book. You should always about be that. a gentleman, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh my gotcha. god. I see you're laughing. <laughs> I'll I'll do my best with the Boy Scout symbol. Ooh, that that kind of hurt my hand. Wait, getting old. <laughs> that hurt I'll my hand. My <laughs> Ow. See, oh I always god. thought this was the boyfriend symbol. <laughs> Oh, that boyfriend symbol? Boy hey, symbol? wait a minute. How do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that the she didn't, grow, she didn't grow up under the fucking rock. That's true. I would hope not. So to answer your question, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> ah, you're young. And, and going into this year, I will be 41, which is super weird to me. I'm not even like making those numbers add up. It's so. just a fucking number. It's a number. It really is. It really is, man. I mean, I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I mean, people are like, God damn, you're old. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't bother me either. It's just that like in vampire years, I'm like 168. (laughs) And that doesn't bother me. But when they say that they're trying to put you at 40 or like 41 or like, like, shut the fuck now. If I would if I would have had to guess, I'd have been like 15, maybe I was was thinking like 27. I was thinking 27. I've been like 15 years off. <laughs> I thought you were saying she was 15. I was I like, damn, bro. That's exactly what I thought. That's problematic. No, I think like 27. But then when you started talking, I was like, okay, she's way more mature than a 27-year-old. Well, like, that's good. That's a good yeah. thing. So, <laughs> it really is. And Eric knows about this because you're like right at the same timeline. You know, it's mm-hmm. like... Being um, kind of like the elder millennial, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting timeline that not a lot of people like really identify with. And they, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It does suck because people consider millennials to be so many things and they're not wrong. But then you're also like kind of like in between uh, kind of on the cusp of like, you know, not being a Gen X or and it's an interesting it's an interesting vibe. But so when you say millennials de- or deserve or some of this flack they get, see, I think that millennials, it's not the millennials fault. I believe it's like my generation and the generation before me's fault of why the millennials are the way they are. I don't think that there is a fault to anyone. I just saying like I understand the stereotype, you know, right. just like I understand a lot of stereotypes. And, you know, there is kind of like a millennial uh, understanding to people that they that they only care about so many things or whatever, but I don't know. I, I feel like no stereotype really bleeds all the way true, and I don't know. It's just been interesting to be like kind of born in this time where technology is growing so rapidly, and then you would get to the time that we are at now where technology's already grown so rapidly that like people just take advantage of it, don't appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. And it's created this whole kind of like zombie kind of mindset. And Mm -hmm. people have a hard time differentiating like where that began, I think. And they become really like cynical about it. And I don't like that shit, you know? Well, just watch World World War Z. 
I've seen that movie many times. What does that? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it has to do with everything she just actually spoke about. But how? You know what? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> oh my god! So like, so like, I ask you a question. I ask you a question. So we we have good content, and you're just—I mean, literally, you're just like, if we all sit here and agree, it's like nobody's going to give a shit about listening to it. So I'm like, so why? <laughs> Explain why. And you could have just done it in bullet yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're going to be a little asshole and be like, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to agree. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm you, actually so, curious why, actually, Eric. Like, why do you, why know. do you think that movie, movie epitomizes what she just said? Like, what like what are the bullet points? Other than it has Brad Pitt and you think he's fucking hot. Yes. Well, there is yes. actually nothing else other than it has Brad Pitt yeah. and I think so he's is, fucking hot. So is Brad Pitt, like, are you? is that your type of guy? Uh, um, no, Eric, I'm, I'm not talking to you. Oh, I'm oh. talking to Laura. <laughs> Jeez, we already know that he's your type of guy, all right? Jeez, <laughs> two of the pink, one of the stink for you. I know, I get it, all right? Jesus Christ, man. He went right in for it. Like he always fucking does, dude. Oh my Bring God. Brad Pitt. Yeah, I'm fucking him. I'm Eric. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, shut up. <laughs> Laura, is that your kind of guy you date? <laughs> oh my God, it's too funny. <laughs> I would just, it's so funny. It was the same time we're like, um, well, yeah, no. Um, no, yeah, it was obviously when he was, you know, in his heyday, like sexiest man alive, blah, blah, blah. He's everybody's type, you know? He's just one right. of Right. Fight club? Like, fight club. Fuck yeah. Who wouldn't want to fuck that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't go that far. I was saying he's the kind of guy you date. But I get fucking him because Eric had, would fucks him all the time in his mind. <laughs> Good grief, almighty man. So is that the kind of guy like you prefer to date? I'm like saying, what's your average guy you date? Not a kind. There's not really a type. Eric. Oh, okay. C. I mean, you have to understand that like Brad Pitt during Fight Club was everybody's type. It's just right. oh, absolutely. At some point in like the late '90s, early 2000s, Pamela Anderson was everybody's type. I don't care if you like big mm -hmm. boobs, if you like blondes or not. She's fucking hot and she's beautiful and she's gorgeous and she's a nice. Person. I'm gonna disagree. So who wouldn't? You disagree her? too, Mike? Because I disagree. I never. Yeah, she never I was, did it for I me. was uh, Yasmin Belief. Thank you, thank you, Mike. It's not Pam, it's Yasmin, or it's Carmen Electra. Like one of those is Ooh. everybody's type, and it's right. okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like. That's why they choose these titles like Sexiest Man Alive, because they kind of can configure from like, you know, traditional good looks. This is pretty much everybody's type. This is a hot guy. Or a I hot mean, don't get me wrong. Guy. I wouldn't have kicked her out of bed or anything. I'm just saying this guy my right thing here. was what's like, I like like the Selma Hayek's, the the Monica Bellucci's, things like that. The, the Italian slash, you know, Spanish descent, things like that. That's my kind of. Okay, a but there's brunettes out there that are also everybody's type. I'm just saying, yeah. like, True. traditional good looks, like, played to the max, the sexiest of the sexy, like, you, everyone's going to recognize them. Even if you oh, say, oh, I don't like that, good. I don't like big boobs or whatever, it's not, like, it's not going to turn your head when it walks by. That sort of thing is human nature, I think, right? Yeah, and it's and it's more like a characters that they portray, too, because sure. it's the whole personification, Super which I think that's... Yeah, you know, I think that's a paparazzi kind of ruined it for people because they they take that veil away. Like, I don't want to see like you know the actors being high and like Brittany, drunk and all that. Store like you don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't want, I don't want to see that shit because I want I want the personification of who they are because I want to enjoy what they are. I don't want to get into the uh, uh, mechanics of it. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, and that's why I think I always got annoyed when, like, growing up, like, in the 90s and the early 2000s, I was very much into music, and this is back when you had to buy CDs and stuff, 
and buying the CDs and listening to these artists and listening to their lyrics was like, just like, so like, you know, it's such a life experience, like for a young person, you're so into this artist. And then I would watch these interviewers try to tear them apart and like, just like, uh, you know, just completely like, what's the word? dissect everything yeah. that they've done and everything that they stand for and it's like i don't want that you're ruining the mystique of like why i think this is beautiful and artistic mm-hmm. and when yep. you pick apart a piece of art it's 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 lo- it's losing its value you know what i miss about cds there's two things i miss going to the store and listening to the CDs in the store <laughs> and then ha- ha- sharing with the people that were there like, oh, hey, that was a great album. You should get that. I forgot about that, that you could do. Yeah, I, I miss that. And then I miss like being able to like share CDs with friends and things like that. Um, I, I feel like I, I feel like our generation, like, you know, the both of ours, we're we're not used to the technology and because we don't have like, you know, that now the kids do everything like through text and social forums and stuff like that. So they're getting that same type of experience. But for people like me, it's like, I'm not going to go and sit in the chat room and talk or a group to talk about an album. Like I just don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the effort. So I find myself not really experiencing music the same way that I used to. And I don't, I don't even know if they're putting out good stuff anymore because everything I listen to is like stuff from our generations. Like that's out there now. Like I don't think like there's anything new that's being put out that's good. That they're like, oh, this is really good stuff, you know. Mike, let me interject on I feel that. Like everything's redone because I, you sent me an interesting reel this morning on Instagram. Vanilla Ice with Vanilla Ice, dude. He hit that right on the mark, man. <laughs> uh, you know, he he basically said in a nutshell that um, there hasn't been a good like music or anything or any pop culture since the '90s decade. In, in, since 2004, actually, I think is what he said. Quote, quote me if I'm wrong, Mike. <laughs> it was 90s. He said the 90s. Yeah. So, so, so he was talking about the era, though, from 2004 to now, there has been absolutely nothing. Yeah. To now, there's I, been nothing. I, nothing. I don't know why anybody would say something like that, honestly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What about Incubus? Who? When did they, when did they come out? That was a little random. Like 1998, I think. 1997. Well, that's what I said. We're saying, we're saying pre-2004. Every, everything was great pre-2004, after 2004. That's really sad. You're saying that 20 years have gone by that you've heard nothing. I mean, as far as pop culture, we yeah. haven't really had any pop culture since 2004. If you really look at it in depth, mm. I mean, like you had to go to the video store and go pick up Blockbuster. We have that nostalgia of having to go into Blockbuster video. You had uh, music, you know what I mean? Music videos were really, really big back then with MTV and things of that nature. So it's, you know, it's. It, I feel like over the last 20 years, it's just kind of been a blur. I feel you know, like, as far as pop like culture. it's just to the point where like you have to go looking for it. You know, you have to mm-hmm. find the artists that you are into and or find the cultures that you are into and realize that there's a huge genre and a huge world for those things. But you have to kind of link into it. You know, now I think there's just more choices. So it's more specific to people. I don't know. I I, I feel like you have to hunt more. But, you know, if you think about it, that's how it was back in the day. Like, if you were into any subgenres, like, I had a lot of friends that were into things like black metal and death metal. Mm -hmm. 
and all these things that were not able to be put out on the radio. So if you were into these bands, you wanted to find these shows, you wanted to find where to buy these albums cheap, where to buy these t-shirts and everything, you had to get up off your ass and go to these different venues. And it was even harder back then because the internet wasn't spewing everything at you constantly. So to me as a music lover, I feel like that's always been a part of, you know, being like a music fan is like having that drive to like find what's out there, find the people that are into it. And like what you were saying about CD stores in the past, that's one thing that I miss is the aspect of when they had those stores where you could buy, sell and trade your CDs and tapes and records and DVDs or whatever. And that was a really cool way for people to share and kind of recycle for like older and younger generations to kind of like share these weird things like these weird psychedelic bands and black metal bands and stuff that like kind of keeping an art form alive, you know? What the hell was the name of uh, the music sharing site? Napster. That got, thank you. <laughs> Napster and LimeWire. That oh, one. LimeWire, all the illegal. I only use LimeWire for porn. Yeah, Sorry. Illegal. Ah! Yes, all the all the porn, all the uh, dude. I, that was like my go-to for porn was LimeWire back in the day. LimeWire for real? Oh, dude, you could get so like full-on <laughs> DVDs and shit and everything. Uh, it would download it like forty seconds, and that was yeah, like, boom. Oh. Back then. <laughs> yeah, you had forty seconds to download, thirty seconds to do the deed, and then you were out. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> boom, moving on. <laughs> Y'all's internet speed is a hell of a lot faster than mine. (laughs) (laughs) There was times on LimeWire it was like two hours to complete, and you're like, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this, guys uh, and gal. If you could have one CD, one CD that you could purchase and listen to the rest of your life on a deserted island, what would it be? Who do you want to go first? Mike? I didn't hear the question. What was it? Pink. Pink Floyd, the wall. Ooh, nice choice. Good one. It's a really good. One. I I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. Can you? Repeat if you were it? on a desert island and only could have one CD that you'd have to listen to for the rest of your entire life, or one album for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Mine was Pink Floyd, the wall. Hmm. That's such a good choice. Well, yeah, thanks. Better, it really is. Yeah, like I think <laughs> it was something that I would want better than that, but I'm gonna think of one. We can share. Oh my god! <laughs> we can share pink. I, I am gonna go with I because w- I'm old school. I'm gonna go with Rush, Moving Pictures. Ew. It's a great uh. album. Um, every song. I'm a Neil Pert slash Alex, and you know the the guys in the band, the three piece band, Canadians, dude. They were fucking amazing for their time. Way underrated. Go ahead, Laura. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Or anything Motley Crue. Just saying. What? How do you I mean? said or anything Motley Crue, because I'm a huge Motley Crue fan, too. Do you yeah. know they're going on another world tour this year? Yeah, I saw that. Breaking <sighs> out right now. Like. We went to their, uh, yeah. Mike and I went to their uh, summer yeah. tour just recently. The problem was, is Nikki Six's bass was so fucking loud, it like blew your damn eardrums out. It was like every time yeah, you hit it was, a it was it was messing up the, the speakers. Yeah, it wasn't it was totally it bottoming them out. <laughs> well, the only, out the, the, only thing that, like, the thing that sucks is Mike and Brad and uh, oh, Laura is the fact that goddamn what's his nuts is not in the band anymore. Oh, Mick Mars. 
Thank you. Yeah, but they've got John Five and. Oh, well, Johnny Five's yeah. badass, dude. Uh, come on now. Mick, Mick Mars in the last one was showing. It was showing his, his, and it's not like Mick Mars his, is dead or anything. He's just done yeah. playing. I think it's great that they can do that with John Five. I think that's yeah. Fucking all an ass way to do it. Sorry. Mick Mars looked a little rough. Mick, yeah, Mike, I agree That's with you. Done. He looked a little rough when we were at the show. He looked like he was in pain while he was playing. He's got that that rare bone disease. Yes, uh, you know the, the guy's seventy some odd years old, man. It, you know, <laughs> right? But Johnny Five, man. I mean, I saw him. Um, I saw the video of them playing live, and he sounded amazing. Yeah. He was great. He's a fantastic guitarist. He's known throughout the industry as being one of the badass guys that you know behind the scenes. Um, they're actually going to make new material, which I don't know how they're going to do it with Vince's voice because he's just, he's, I don't know about you, Mike, uh, but dang, damn, he, he sounded rough. He sounded rough. I mean, he was better than what he was back when they were making fun of him for being huge. If you the remember. The only one that sounded amazing was, uh, was, uh, Joan Hart and the Jets and then, um, Poison. Oh, uh, Joan, Joan Jett and the uh, Black oh, Arts. Joan Jett. Yeah. Yeah, the Black yeah, Arts. yeah. Yeah. I fucked that all up. You know how bad I am. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She oh. was great, dude. And uh, Mick Mars is suffering uh, suffering from a uh, ankylosing space. Uh, what is it called? Spondylitis. Spondylitis. I just call it his bone disease. It basically turns his bones into cement. Cement. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like you had something else at first, but okay. Semen. Hey, what do you got on your goddamn mind? <laughs> easy, easy now. Just listening with my ears. That's all. Eric's already starting his car. Be careful. By the way, the best <laughs> the best album of all time. Is Guns N' Roses. Oh, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, Absolutely. Oh. Every song on that That's album is badass. Everyone. <laughs> There's so many good ones. I can't even right now. I actually try to play those on my drums, and I still suck. <laughs> I didn't know you were but, a drummer. Eh, I play one on TV. He's good. He does He does good. He does, he does very well, actually. Uh, he was jamming out last night, and I was like, please try to play um guns and roses uh what was it called uh was it paradise city or no 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 i knew that one right off the bat when you started playing it but it was the uh mr. oh mr oh mr brownstone yep yeah mr brownstone was yeah. one of them yes so like, thank you mike up your drums so we can play one time mike was learning uh guitar for a little while but we, we kind of took a bro- break from it for a little bit since we uh you know, started working remotely, can but you, you can see his guitar on his wall. He has but, a three-piece band. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> Eric was going to be the singer. He could do way better than Vince Neil, so I figured, he, you know, we give he him a shot. He was going to go-go dancer. <laughs> yeah, he's our dancer on the side. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if you want the second role, you can be on the other side of the stage, you and Eric. <laughs> I think she should be the lead. I think she should be the lead singer. Yeah. There you go. Can you sing? Can you can, sing for us? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't you, matter. Can you it sing? It doesn't matter. It doesn't Auto-tune. matter. Auto-tune. <laughs> Auto-tune. It's, it's 2023, baby. Everybody can sing. So maybe, um, I could be like Cassandra from Wayne's World, you know? Just play the bass. And- <laughs> yes, oh, my God. You. Oh, my God. She definitely looks like just like her. What was, know, her, right? what was her real name? Cassandra. Oh, um. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. Tia yep. Carrera. Yes. Thank you. I was thinking of the porn star Carrera. There was also a porn star named Carrera back from years ago. Um, what the hell was her name? Tia Carrera. Uh, speaking of uh, dancing, <laughs> so how did how did you get into that? Honest to God. Um, but I, honestly, from waitressing. 
or waitressing in bars and clubs. And then, you know, you go to audition as a waitress at a strip club one day, and then you end up leaving as a dancer. <laughs> that happens to a lot of, a lot of people. Brad, Brad is cut out. I can't even hear him. Oh, sorry. I'm a fucking idiot. I had my, I mocked my stupid self, um, or muted myself. Um, that because this shit wasn't important. So, yeah, because it's never, it's never important. So I, I'll just go back. Um, but no. So like, you did you dance professionally? I did. That was a long time ago, and it was really fun. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was the early 2000s era that we were just speaking of. Oh. So it was like a ballet or I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. No, I thought you guys kind of, she, I, I guess you missed what she said a I second ago. I missed the ago. notes, guys. Fuck off. You, no, right? no, no, there's no notes. No, no. She literally just said it. She said that she oh. started as a waitress, went in to get a waitressing job at a strip club and wound up as a <gasps> oh, dancer. Oh, so you were exotic. Okay. I got yes, you. Yes. That was a long time okay. ago, but yeah. So she is like, but it was a long time ago. So did you do a lot of, <laughs> pole, like, did you do a lot of, uh, training to work on the, the pole? Like, um, you didn't really have to train for that, but like if you worked in like a, a place where like the girls were, you know, cool and friendly with each other, then they would help each other, you know, out with that sort of thing. Yeah. So, well, because the only reason I ask that is because I've had some um, friends that have, uh, that are, are strippers and, you know, dancers, and they put a lot of effort and time into learning routines and, like ma- like really honing their craft. Yeah. Because I think that it, is, it really is a craft. It is. Um, no. You know, I don't, I don't part of the entertainment world and you know that's kind of what drew me to it you know like i think i mentioned earlier like you know my parents had kind of like hooked me up with you know fun stuff i wanted to do when i was a kid you know ever since Mm -hmm. i was a kid i wanted to be a little performer so it was modeling runway stuff just childhood stuff nothing nothing anybody cares about now and um, ballet dance classes figure skating all these things where you're doing all these things and you're on stage you're performing all the time so for me performing was not a foreign concept or anything right and then as a young adult you know i go into the world of working in bars and clubs and like waitress bartending sort of thing and i end up you know going for a waitress position in in a dance bar Mm -hmm. in a strip club and um, yeah, that was very fast, slippery slope before they're like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Do you want to make some more money? They kind yeah. of, you know, they paint the picture for you and you're like, depending on your background, you're either going to say yes or no. And my background said, hey, I like being on stage and I'm not scared of people. And, um, you know, I would like to make some money. So like, let's. Yeah. And you're comfortable the way you look. Let's try it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was. Yeah, I don't. I personally, I have like, I have no qualms with it because I think that's what makes uh, society better. You know, I think where I have the only time I have an issue with it is where people are forced to do it and they don't want to do it. Oh, 100%. You know, because I've had, I've had situations, I've had talked to people in the past where they've had situations like that where they've gotten in the slippery slope, like you said, and they get involved in drugs. You know, they get the drugs yeah, pushed on well, them, they peer pressure into that's it. That's such a dark thing that, that makes me sad. Yeah. And it makes me sad that, like, a lot of the industry is kind of painted with that brush because. Right. But it's not as many as you think. It's not. Happen. It, yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, typically, for the most part, it's just basically like going to work at Hooters. So those Hooters girls know yeah. that they want to be Hooters girls. They know what it's about and they go mm-hmm. there willing to do that. It's, just, it's typically the case for most clubs. I know there's other areas. Yeah in society that like you know you got a lot more 
weird street action going on. But I feel fortunate. I grew up in a like a pretty like nice tame environment. There was like it was kind of a Midwest vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was places around for people to do that, but it was not really a shady area. And I feel like I I got away with that pretty well, especially like considering the timing. Um, back then, I feel like you had better clubs available. And nowadays, mm-hmm. I feel like things have kind of taken a retrograde, you know, like over the last 10 years. And especially since after COVID, I feel like yeah. so much of the prices dropped on so many things. And like, I kind of feel bad yeah. for how, you know, some of those places might be treating their employees now. But back in the, the day when, when, you know, things were new and fresh to me, like, I feel like I had a pretty mm-hmm. good run with it. Nothing bad happened to me. Nothing creepy really went on there. And, you know, thank so God. When, yeah. So when you were on the stage, so when you were on the stage and did you get a sense of like control and power? Uh, like, did it like, yeah. how, what was your mental state while you're on the stage? Oh, great question, Mike. I know. Thanks. Yeah. I actually did some <laughs> yeah, there is, there is a sense of control and power and like a sense of, you know, presence of getting to like express oneself and just having that creative freedom. But it didn't come like right away. Like, you know, you know, the first mm-hmm. couple times you go out there, it's it's frightening. It's scared shitless, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole, like, new world. You don't know, like, if you're doing the right thing or not. You don't know, like, if you're going to fall because, you know. I started when I was really young, and I was not mm-hmm. accustomed to wearing six-inch heels. I didn't, you know, Oof, yeah. know how to, like, operate. So everything mm-hmm. is so new, and then you got these lights hitting you in the face. You got, like, people talking to you about stuff that you don't know what it means, and you're just like, uh... All right, you know, and it's an adventure, and so the adrenaline yeah. kind of carries you through it. But, well, and there's so much showmanship to it, but like yeah. because because you you can pick people in the audience, like because I'm a people watcher, so like you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a studier of like human condition and experience, um, and I like I like going to strip clubs not not so much for like I'm trying to get my rocks off or something like that. Right. It's just a it's a really interesting environment, and expe- yeah. you can see when uh, when when mm-hmm. um, you know, a dancer has has her game face on, and she knows she knows the business because she'll go in and she'll she'll survey the room, mm-hmm. and she'll pick somebody that captivates everyone's attention. Like I've seen, like a dancer do it with women. Like she'll pick a woman and she'll like give her a lot of attention, and the guys around will just go nuts, and the money will just start flying. <laughs> you know, and then you, you can see that you can see the girls that get up there and they don't know really what they're doing or they're new, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to captivate the crowd, okay. and people lose interest. Like the guys will start talking to the other girls walking around offering dances and stuff like that. And you can see that they're losing the attention of the crowd. Yeah, well, and it's really fascinating to me. Well, like sad- it's really fascinating. Sadly enough, the new girls with no experience, they they yeah. may lose the attention of the average like voyeur. But they will also yeah. simultaneously attract the attention of the guy who wants to talk to the amateur young girl who doesn't yeah. know what to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just get into because I think they get away with more, right? Of kind of like that, you know, purity that girls gone wild sort of thing. You know, they they yeah. want to see like you know that whole aspect. And I'm like, that's cool or whatever. I feel like I was fortunate when I when I started like working in a place like that. I had some really nice, cool, like older chicks that were mentors. Yeah. And they were like, this is what you do. This is how you make it look good. This is how you recover if you fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like, 
girls on stages do dumb shit all the time and it's easy to fall <laughs> or slip on something and when you're wearing those kind yeah. of heels it's easy to you know like just make some sort of mistake that like you think is a big deal but when someone kind of explains to you that the aspect of like performing it like on such a bigger level mm-hmm. you kind of you start rolling that in and, and like i said since i had done other you know stuff on cameras and modeling stuff as a kid it didn't scare me that much and i saw some right. of the other new girls come in there and they were terrified they were shaking literally shaking like bambi just mm-hmm. like couldn't yeah. handle it you know? oh that's terrible yeah so- and i was like first of all are you sure you want to do this and second of all let me help you chill out because it's not as scary as you think like it's really all about like you having fun you go up there you play a song that you like you know, if other people don't like it, that's fine. You know. So, so Laura, I'm, I'm just I'm just asking a question here. So, did you see a lot of drug use with new people coming in, or was there a lot of dr- drug use in the club itself all the time? I hear like mixed stories from different people that have done this in the past. That's why I'm curious about how it was when you were there. When I was there, um, first starting. Um, I was like all innocent still and I was just doing like like the early shifts. I was just, you know, going in there like working the daytime from like noon to like, you know, evening and then leave. And then the the night shift girls would come in and they seemed to be like, mind you, I was still under 21 at this time. I was still kind of learning the whole bar industry. And I would go in there early, leave and I was like, okay, cool. And these other people would come in there and you could already tell the life differential that they had and the fact that like, you know, they were used to drinking and, you know, doing whatever. And I was kind of, I was kind of blind to it for a while, you know, because I was actually pretty good before I turned 21. I didn't really drink or like do anything. I didn't want to get fired from any of my jobs and working in bars. I knew that I was like learning, you know, cool stuff and I did not want to get fired. So... I was generally like one of the soberest people, <laughs> which is odd in retrospect. I'm like, God, how did I do all this stuff sober for so long? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I would see the differential. And then over years of working there, I definitely saw a lot more of it open up to me and become available to me. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And there was definitely like, you know, you had your cliques of people that were into that and people that were just kind of there for the paycheck or, you know, same thing with customers. You had your guys that would come in there and engage with that sort of activity. Then you had guys that were just there for a bachelor party or for just a random outing. Right. Or then you had like, you know, some of your regulars are just these lonely guys that would just come in couple times a week and you know have a couple of beers and leave or whatever so to me it was easy to compartmentalize but i think that's because i started in such a young kind of innocent way and if i had started maybe later in life and you know maybe was more involved with people that were doing other things i think it might have been a little bit more confusing does that make any sense no it makes total sense because the two <laughs> girls that i knew they were friends of mine they were um they were they basically danced too and uh they and i they had told me like they they witnessed a lot of uh coke like a bump before they get on stage and things like that a lot of the girls were doing that yeah so they do like a little line of coke they get up there and they dance you know what i mean and things like that nature um and they was local here one of them go ahead i'm ready for the two 
assholes to make fun of me here, but back when I was doing, when I was in hair school, because I did have a small stint as a hairdresser back in the day, <laughs> but um, um, one of them, how I met her, she was going to hair school. So we just got on the conversation yeah. one night about it. And uh, so I was just wondering because it's just, it's funny how like the different time and the different eras, because, well, you know, Coke was a huge drug in the seventies, you know? Yeah. I was, I was a drug. like in the two thousands, but I feel like I would see it <laughs> yeah. around in the club, but I don't feel like it was so much of a big deal. Like girls doing it. Like, like what you think in your mind, like in some movie where, right. where they all do a line in the dressing room and then just trample right out on stage. Like we, they're right. not a thing. But like okay. the idea of drug dealers being in the club and girls going into the bathroom and stuff. Yeah, I saw that happen, but it wasn't like such a thing that was so accepted. That was still like grounds to get fired and stuff that like a lot of us try to stay away from. Okay, I think that's a change of the culture too, though, like the difference in the generations, because, you know, now um, it's actually cool if you're a stripper or a dancer um, back, you know, 20, 30 years ago it was still really taboo. You know what I mean? Like now, like really if you have cool on your Instagram, though? like I mean, exotic cool? dancer, Does that like what people think now. Cause I don't really know. What is it? What is it? I said, is it really cool now that if you're a stripper? Cause I don't, know. I think so. I think, I think it's, I think it's a lot more accepted because I mean, you have a lot more people doing like only fans. You have a lot more people like doing, you know, um, stuff on Instagram and, you know, um, TikTok, and they're a lot more open, a lot more, a lot more accepting for the different generations. Like, you know, like if you, I guess. like I Eric, like if someone it. says there's like Eric, cause you're the same age group as her, you know, if someone says they're a stripper, do you, you don't, you don't, you're not like, Ooh, that's bad. You know, like, Oh, of course not. No, you no. Know, like, like my parents, gener like my parents generation, like that would be like, the the taboo well, like you know parents, my, my mom's yeah, but not my eight, my mom's parents. like 80 same here yeah. um uh, but i'm i i will i personally will never uh down somebody for dancing stripping whatever and i think most people won't i mean I, i'm not talking about like the the religious zealots out there that are that are going to go off the deep end no matter what because those people are just out there you know what i mean like they're just they're they got a certain mindset and if it doesn't fit that mindset then it's it's not no, okay right. but i'm talking like the average open-minded person they're like it's a job it's a profession i think mm -hmm. you're you right know. about that i don't think people are super judgy but i also yeah. feel like that from my past though too i don't feel like i was super judged but maybe that's just because yeah. i put myself around the right people i don't know no that's what i'm saying like your generation like you're like the the because I'm, I'm only six years older than you or five years older than uh actually six years older than you five years older than eric but I feel like my generation is a lot more accepting of it. You know, I feel like Brad's generation, because he's on the tail end of his generation, he's mm -hmm. almost a Gen Xer. Like he's only a year or two off from being a Gen X, I think. Aren't you, Brad? Are you Gen X, early Gen X? Uh, Gen X, correct. Late or, or early. Early, yeah. correct. Yeah, early Gen X. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, because you were born, what, 86? Who, me? Yeah. What? No, dude. No, no. You graduated 86. When were you born? I was born in 70. 70. Yeah, uh, 70. I I was born so, in 81, so. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he graduated 89 is when he graduated. Um, so I think what I'm trying to say is I think that, that we're in that – it's becoming more socially acceptable because people people don't care about it as much. Like it's – and it's more accepted. So I, I, I feel like that's made a difference in the personification of it. You know, like I feel like it's a, it, can be, it, it can be a real profession. Like you can be – an exotic oh. dancer and it could be like what i mean by a real profession like something that you can be proud of you know it's not like you know what's funny is i kind I of remember like 
in the early 2000s um, when I was kind of like in the middle of the career that I had with that because I worked there for a pretty long time. And I remember uh, this is also kind of overlapping with like modeling stuff that I was doing and I would like hold other jobs sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like my only job. I had other things going on in life. But sometimes what yeah, of course. Uh, these, you know, people from all these venues that I had going on, sometimes when the paths would cross and they would find that out about me, it would be after they had known me for a long time in a certain, in a different environment and then right. it never crossed their mind that I would, you know, had worked in a place like that or had mm-hmm. any experience with that. And then when they found that out, I saw this on several occasions that I was getting a response from people that was really like positive, but also like kind of breaking down their walls because they had this preconceived notion of what they think it is to be a yeah. dancer or be someone in like a sex, you know, sex industry of sorts or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. And after them knowing me for so long and us bonding in certain ways, they would find this information out and they'd be a little shocked. And it was kind of nice to see those walls break down to realize that they're like, oh, this is a stigma a stigma that I've held in my mind yeah. and it doesn't really hold true to anything unless you think it does. You know, you could right. create anything with your mind and say, oh, this is the way that it is or whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool, but also... I guess kind of opened my eyes to the fact that like, you know, not everyone is going to like you and not everyone's going to be happy about, you know, your choices, but why do they need to be? They're my choices. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. And I think that's, that's where I think the generation that's now is having such a problem with because they feel like everybody should matter and everybody's feelings should matter when they really don't. And it, that's okay. They are shoving it down the throats of yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, 100%. it's gotten excessive. And here's another thing that is funny. Like as a, currently as a bartender, I'm mm-hmm. a little blown away about how many people of all different ages are refusing to buy Bud Lights now because oh, yeah. of the expression of the whole thing from the Bud Light thing. So I'm literally like, okay, I'm not even noticing some of this stuff that's coming out there and I'm just not aware of it because I don't care, but people are expressing themselves to the point where they're just all mad now. And I'm like, Whoa, when did that happen? My dumbass doesn't notice it until they come to the bar and I'm like, Hey Bob, good to see you again. Do you want (laughs) want to do a Bud Light? And he's like, Oh hell no, I'm not drinking that shit. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this has just got weird now because we're all expressing ourselves too much. Like, what the hell just happened? Well, the, pro- the problem is, is, like you said, they're they're trying to – it, it feels like it's being crammed down your throat. Like you don't have – it's not like you have an option. You know, it's not, it's not like you have a choice. It's like you have to do this. Like you have to do this or then you're going to go – you know, like in Canada, I was listening mm-hmm. to a podcast and one of the podcasters I was talking of there, in Canada, they, they do not have the freedom of speech. They, they don't, it's not, it's not a thing like here in America. Well, yes. I, don't, I, don't and, get that. I don't get that at all. And you if you saying something, correct. Mm-hmm. And if you have, there's an act that they passed that if you don't refer to the person by their proper pronouns, it can be considered a hate tr- crime and you can do jail time in Canada. Okay. So I don't, 
I don't feel like that's okay. Like, I mean, I understand about accepting people and stuff like that, but you shouldn't tell me how I should live. Just like I shouldn't tell you how you should live. No, you know, like it's going too far. Messed up. I'm like, I didn't even yeah. realize Canada was like that. I thought Canada yeah, was. I didn't either until I listened to this podcast. Yeah, dude, that's all kinds of messed up. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was crazy um, when I heard on this podcast because she was talking about it. Um, that 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 she can. Uh, you know, and it's this current uh, administration up there that's causing all these problems. So, because they had, like, it was part of their charter originally, but they're changing it. They're changing the guidelines of it. And it's kind of, it's really messing with people up there on what they're saying uh, or how, how they can express themselves. Okay. So, so, speaking of expressing, I can't hear Brad or Eric at all right now. They're not saying anything. Yeah. Cause we haven't said anything. I think Brad's on the phone right now. Yeah. Oh. Brad took a personal call. While we are doing the yeah. show, it's fine. <laughs> yes. Well, that's funny because I wanted to take a personal pee, but I didn't go do that. Now, did I? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we've gone for like an hour and 30 minutes. And I feel like we, this yes. could never end. So I think what we could do is just maybe hopefully if you're up to it, schedule another episode with you because uh, you're really fun. Sorry about that. I had to take yeah. that call. Yeah, you're really fun. Yeah, we were just ro- roasting you. On, I heard you. On I can hear you through the speakers, assholes. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure you did. Eric, it was yeah. your mom. I told her I'd be right over. Okay, cool. Because yeah. <laughs> she's waiting. Dude, she's always waiting. I love her. <laughs> so messy. She's great. She takes her teeth out and everything. I love it. See, um, oh, my mom has all of her original teeth, you that's, asshole. That's what she told you. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Golf clap. <laughs> Oh my oh, God! Lord, Here, let me do my let me do my English way. Amazing! Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. You want to you want to tell our I'm, you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah, tell tell everybody your uh, your handle here. Instagram, I'm Doll of the Dead on Instagram, but you have Doll to, of the Dead. Doll of the Dead. You have to put an underscore between the words because women are complicated. Period. And she has some amazing <laughs> photography on there of her modeling. Yep. You know what? It's kind of a young Instagram. I don't have a lot yeah. on there because um, I started it during 2020, actually during COVID. And I had done some recent photo shoots at that time. And I decided, like, you know, if I'm just mm-hmm. now starting an Instagram in my old age, I might as well only just include recent photo shoots. Why would I try to advertise a photo that's 12 years old or whatever? So everything on there is uh, just kind of a small collection and um, I'll probably add to it, but I don't use it too much for personal. It's just for looks. So if you want to look at me, mm-hmm. that's where you go. <laughs> My we'll be right there. Is- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, we'll be right there right after the show. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't understand why I'm using the deep voice, but you know, it just oh, works. Right, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Keep on rolling. You know what time it is. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of the Daily BM. As you know, Mikey and them are on vacation, and Eric is AWOL as usual. So I will see you guys on tomorrow's episode. And hey, have a good one. Deuces. <laughs>